everyone. So this is a long journey back, long. Even though your trauma might have been an instant or a repeated instant, you know, it's a bit like hammering something over and over. Usually the abuse isn't one single hit. And I don't mean hit, I mean one single thing. It's a repeated action by an adult. And to melt that, to dissolve that, which has been forged um, repeatedly, it's, it's no easy task. So, but one of the things to understand is, and, and imagine, I, I said like this, you know, whole piece of me that I had no access to, like, it's really like that. It's like if you, um, it's like coming in and out of consciousness, right? This is out of consciousness. It is not available to me in this consciousness. Does that matter? Yeah, it does, because if it was made early on, then it's, you know, fueling all of me. And I don't, if I'm just doing things automatically and we end up doing things as a consequence of a particular action, you know, action and reaction, then absolutely it's, it's worth every, you know, crazy ceremony and every thought about it because it holds the key to me and, and who I am now and what I do now. And that's why I call it the black box. It's this, you know, like when a plane goes down and the, they have to just recover the information, the data of what happened in those last few minutes. And that's what it's like. It's finding out what happened in those minutes where you, you know, disappeared or went to the shadow. Another thing about this is that you need to see the whole thing. For everything to come back together, you know, it's like doing a very intricate, like, you know, those model boats, you know, like those old pirate ships, right? For it to be all put back together, you can't have any missing pieces. It's a thorough understanding of everything. And whilst I understood, you know, two and a half years ago, in ceremony that something terrible had happened, like for real, like from the, you know, the apps, the, um, the hinting at the abuse and the seeing of something terrible. It took me uh, at least three years to energetically clean this place and really get to the crux of everything, to actually see him selling me and me being abused. I mean, it takes a whole army of plants and you know, power washers to give you the whole story. Because it's intricate and complicated and complex and the resistance to seeing the truth. And also, one of the things is that, you know, the way that this great medicine worked is like, I couldn't have gotten all the information at one go. I mean, I couldn't, because it, it was all, there were physical contortions around it. It's like cartilage. You build cartilage around the truth. So there was a real unbonding. There's a real kind of like unpretzeling, un, a real arriving to where you're ready to see all of it. You're willing to, because your resistance is within you. It's a whole energetic body. So another part of this sort of putting the puzzle together and it's almost like you need to know the whole story so it's like one of those pop-up you know books that fairy tales where you just open the page and this whole thing pops up like this 3d cut out thing right 
for me to fully understand, I have to understand also not just what happened. So what happened to you is already tragic if you've been and horrific for anyone to injure a child, to hurt a child, to refuse love to a child, to do any, you know, it's everything and anything, you know. I mean, mine just happens to be vile, but there are other vile things that you, which are equally as bad. It's not, you know. But here's the deal. Underneath that, you have to sort of pry out all the other messages. So not only is it, you know, I'm going to sell you to that guy over there and you're going to do it, then there's the message. If you don't do it, we'll all starve. So it's up to you to save us, number one. Number two, don't cry. Don't have any emotions. Just do as you're told as you're being sexually abused number two. So another refusal. Number three, you need to do it for me because I'm more important than you. That's a big one. I am more important than you. You can be fed to the lions because you don't matter. right? And you don't matter. And then there's the actual abuse itself, which is sending a child with a stranger and the terror of what's going to happen. I mean, I can't even, I, I've seen it, it's just horrific. So whatever happened to you and, it, and it, you know, this is one thing, right? But again, even if, you know, there's an alcoholic parent that comes in that's beating the shit out of you and then the mother or whatever, or, you know, there's torture or there's just neglect. Even neglect is, has huge consequences. I mean, tons of just <coughs> any kind of injury, excuse me, any kind of, even a, a angry look at a child terrifies it. An angry look terrifies it. So, compressed in all of it are also all the other, it's sandwiched in, are all the other messages about what's happening. It's just not about what's happening. It's also about your value, your lovability, your worthiness. And I see now how I became the savior, you will be king and I will be free. Because he used me as, you know, whatever he needed for whatever circumstances suited him. That is pure, unadulterated evil with an accomplice. And what happens with children is we try to soften them, protect them, because what they've done is like the way that the abuse is set up, it's like this is normal. You know, we have no alternative. You must be strong and save us. And somehow in our little brains, we think, oh, well, this is what we have to do. They're our parents. We have to, you know, do as we're told. And, oh boy, we're all going to, you know, starve. It's a huge nuclear hit when you fully accept and see them not as parents, but when you are actually separated from them. So the thing about this great medicine is that so first of all, I mean, again, I could never have gotten here to the kind of the final um, putting together of the whole ship had she not have continued to shore me up. So 
if you're trapped in darkness, if you're trapped by parents that you're protecting, if you're trapped by your attachments to them, and they're subtle and you've softened them and you've made them palatable and you've agreed and you've put yourself in a secondary position and allowed them to sort of stomp all over your real estate, then to recognize these huge, horrific truths is very, very difficult. You're not going to. You're not going to. There's no, you're going to find an excuse, you're going to apologize, you're going to whatever. And in ceremonies, when I was in Peru, I was, you know, this sort of lioness on the mountain, you know, exile, pointing to them and exiling them. But that was a gesture in a bigger consciousness. But actually, if I go back to consciousness in this place, my brain still wants to soften them, wants to not recognize the enormity of their horror. All right? So how this, so, so for the ayahuasca, for, for you to really fully take in that horror. The ayahuasca begins to separate you out by giving you love. It shores you up by giving you a sense of yourself. And it begins to separate, whilst she's, you know, giving you, you know, highlighting in the dark things that happened and you're reliving them, She's also sort of building a family around you, if I can describe it that way. A real family, right? A real sense of love. You know, I have a zillion Indians that show up. And there's a sense of, it's divinity really, it's this bigger place so that as your edge towards the truth and your whole system has to, because you're, if, if you've been abused, your system is in refusal of it, like so big. That's what this energetic crazy that shows up every day, it's, I, you know, it's built its version of them. It's hidden the truth. It does, it's built so it will never fully acknowledge it because it'll die otherwise, right? So <clears throat> once you have this kind of extended family of love and divinity in this other realm, that gives you the ability to relax further and further into the truth until your whole system can fully acknowledge the severity of it. Moreover, as she um, empowers you by giving you glimpses of information and then shoring you up with love and care so the resistance is disabled. And the resistance or the entry to the cave is fueled, is nuclear fueled resistance that will not let you acknowledge the full horror of what was done. It's hiding the truth. It's rebranded them. It's built an entire landscape where you're kind of like this watercolor painting it's soft, it has no real edges, you know, it's kind of a little bit amorphous, right? You're living in some kind of amorphous place where it's just like, you kind of know, but you don't know. But anyway, so it's, it's, a, it's you know, it's, a, it's the candy floss machine that sits in front of the real psychic shit show that you're holding on to. So, 
So you don't arrive and like, oh my God, you know, there's a nuclear explosion. It's just little by little, it's a cracking and then a breaking and a cracking and a cracking and a cracking until the whole truth can emerge. And all the pieces of your, you know, model ship that you're building are put together because the fragmentation is huge. If you've been abused, the shattering of you in that instant is, it's like, you know, breaking a piece of fine bone china and then having it, <clears throat> having a SUV run over it even more and more until it's fine filaments of sand. So for that whole, for all of you to be put back, and I mean all of you, to the original place where you got, so there is a moment, this is actually interesting, hopefully it was all interesting, there's a moment, and I realized that was a cuckoo clock in that ayahuasca ceremony, there is a moment that you are fragmented there is a moment that you die. You paralyze, you stop living. And everything comes to a screeching halt. Your life force comes to a screeching halt. And that's when fragmentation happens. And if, if I look back in retrospect, I see how only now, in retrospect, because I would never know otherwise. This is, I don't know how this great, magnificent plant works. The first, the first, when I logged, so when I first did ayahuasca, like the first ceremony, and they started singing, it was like a password, like I logged in, like it was, there were receptors in our brains that like we don't know about, that's been here forever, that we just, I logged in. Immediately I was like in the other dimension and, ex you know, exultant that I was there. And when they started singing, it was like I was a bird, right? I got in, I was, the password just like clicked me in. And then I was in this whole jungle and I was like a bird. And I, like I understood them when they were singing. Like I understood them. I didn't know what I was understanding, but there was like a, an unbelievable connection. And I believe it's to spirit, right? But I showed up as this little bird and I was on this tree and they were singing and my little face was moving towards them as they sang these songs. It was a place of love, it was a place of spirit. And the next thing I knew, I was, you know, she GPS, the moment, the moment the abuse happened and the minute I shut down. So from that time onward, I shattered. Right, so there's a moment in your trauma. So you arrive, you're a kind of little child, everything's fine, and at some point, there's a fracture. You're whole. Your whole, you arrive whole, was shown to me, like little birds, like you're whole, you're whole, you're just this little, you know, piece of divinity, piece of life. And then suddenly, there's a fracture. And I started wailing, I was this little child, I was like, the first time I started crying after I'd been abused. So, at that moment, that fragmentation happened. That disbelief in life, that complete and utter shock, I fragmented. I froze and my soul just disappeared. And a few days later on, when I was in a ceremony in Peru, again, they showed me everything that had happened and there was this cuckoo clock. It had been, it was old and whatever, and it had been stationary for many, many years. And suddenly it started moving again, which meant 
and the whole earth opened up and these children were coming out of rooms. I was finally arriving to the truth of what had happened. But before then, and I was in many mini ceremonies, my whole system was wired up to refuse it. It's so the minute that that person screamed at you, yelled at you, hit you, abandoned you, whatever, abused, whatever the fuck happened that was extreme, the minute that hundred foot wave came at you, you shut down. And then I always thought about it, it's like a breaker switch on life. Your breaker switch just goes off. All the lights in your stadium off. Your whole life force comes to a grinding halt. From then on, you break into a zillion pieces to accommodate the horror, to survive, and then, you know, you start building these caverns of darkness to in-law triage where you're sticking things under the bed or in like the self-storage unit of the universe in the darkness so that you can survive. You have to separate out all this horror. You have to separate it. You can only live in, your mansion now has, you know, you're living in the basement and you've locked off all the rooms. And whilst you're in the basement, you're like a magician trying to make this work. And refusing the truth of the knowledge so you can make it work. I could not have made it work if I didn't cut off this huge chunk of information. So, in the recovery, or <clears throat> I don't even think it's recovery, it's more, I think a bit like, um, something that's if you film something and you film it break it's like rewinding it back into its original form I need to get back to being the bird in the jungle that spirit that thing that had its own intuitive and we all have an intuitive sense of the world we already have an intuitive script that's going to survive and do its thing and blossom like a flower. There's something innate in all of us that is real and true and honest. And it is only uniquely ours. Each individual has their own unique potential. The minute there's any kind of trauma early on, that goes out the window because you're fragmented. Fragmented, disassociated to survive. <coughs> so, you know, if you're talking about a magnificent piece of Wedgwood China teacup, let's just call it the teacup, um, then it's smashed into smithereens so it doesn't know that it has, it can't know its, you know, its, its handle, right? Its little handle. It can't know its, the way that it's sculpted on the bottom to keep it, you know, balanced. You know nothing about yourself. Because you're living fragmented from all of you. And this is what it's about. It's about becoming whole, becoming whole, returning to your original state and understanding your original purpose before you were stolen or hurt or injured or whatever. What is the original you that had its original unique purpose that was shattered. Now, 
I'd read many, many Zen books, and I love Zen. I love the whole concept of the nothingness, the empty mirror. And their premise is, <clears throat> you know, you get to nothing. There's really nothing. Everything is just an illusion. Nothing is actually happening. And, you know, I practiced Zen meditation for many years in an attempt to, you know, reach this place. But it was actually Zen that took me to ayahuasca. Because it was, only, it was actually in that Zen meditative state that I finally built up so much energy from sitting and slowing down all the thoughts. It was actually, it was actually part of the piecing back together because it was actually Zen meditation that after 12 to 13 years got me to this first energetic opening that was like volts of lightning, of volts of nuclear <clears throat> <clears throat> energy that circled around my whole system. And I thought I was dying. And I had that very powerful dream that there's, you know, this monster in the acid that you need to face. So it's a kind of a contradictory and at the same time I suppose it all makes sense, but things happen that impact your system. They're not illusions. They happened and you hide them in the shadow. And they exist in the same way that if you put your hand in the fire, you're going to hurt and it's going to hurt and you're going to burn, right? They aren't illusory. They are energies. We hold information. That information dictates what we become. If we don't have access to that information, then we are ruled by fragmentation. We are lost from all ourselves. And I, I remember a line that I wrote, which was, you know, I left myself on many different doorsteps. I wish I could just go back and recover them all. Something to that effect. Which means that if you're not whole, if you live in trauma, that means that you're just chasing a tail. You're missing all the parts of you that make you you, that give you purpose, that give you destiny. And there are many distractions out there, you know. If we're lost and we're severed, and we're fragmented. You know, we're clinging on to minimal bits of stuff to, to survive. We're easily, you know, thrust about at the minimal breeze in the sea, you know. We're like a, a leaf in the wind. And it's a very lonely place, although, you know, you may have many friends, and because it's not about other people, it's about that we, you are severed from yourself. You are separated from, it's like people say children are separated from their parents, but this is when you're separated from yourself is equally as terrifying and as dangerous and hurtful and injurious. It's not being separated from them in my issue. It was I was separated from myself. When I was talking about going home, I wanted to be whole. I wanted to be myself. I wanted to be the thing that showed up, the bird. So when you're traumatized, it's being severed from yourself and therefore being severed from your divinity or your whatever you want to call it, God, whatever it is that you believe in. But it's a wholeness. A wholeness. And that's what this journey is about. It's the recovery of you that you have refused in the name of terror as a child.
and they're consequently disassociated, fragmented, whatever. And there is a one, I've seen, it was one moment when it happened. That breaker switch went off. And from then on, it was just off to the races in crazy land, in terror land, in, you know, trying to make this work land. Horrific. And I had no idea, but none. So, whilst the work is arduous and whilst the, um, it's challenging, you have to focus on, it becomes a main focus of your life. As you, as you open more and more, as your consciousness expands in these other realms, it takes over your life because <clears throat> it's almost like you may be going to work every day to, I don't know, I put up sheetrock or whatever or, you know, put people's homes together, etc. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Same thing as flipping burgers, it's all the same shit, whatever you do. You know, it, you know, you're just doing, I mean, I was just doing it to maintain a livelihood whilst I was pulled further and further and further into this massive landscape. And, you know, torn down here and healed over there and shown this and the whole, and I remember one ceremony, just my hand. She was just moving my hand was going, making a circle. It was just like, what we're doing here is we're putting you back together. It's the old Humpty Dumpty story. Although Humpty Dumpty couldn't get put back together again, you actually can be put back together again. And, you know, if there are other issues like addiction and, you know, depression and you know, all this stuff, it, it makes it more difficult, of course, you know. Um, but again, there's the wanting of it to happen, the wanting, you know, I mean, it was still no easy feat for me that by any means at all. I went through a double hell. I went through the hell of what happened early on and then through a divorce that can only be described as a, you know, as an onslaught by a vicious militia for five years in supposedly a free country. So, it's not easy for anyone, but as the forces come against you, you have to keep pushing back. It's like a hurricane wind is coming at you and you're just pushing through that hurricane gale. You have to keep committing to yourself. You know, and sometimes it's like, I don't really want to do this today, but it's like, you know what? I would say like exercise, you know. An hour of exercise is an hour less in the hospital later on. Right? So just do it. So you take, it's going to take an hour and a half of your time. You know, who cares? You can spend four hours watching a Netflix, whatever, something, right? So you're really piecing yourself back together because you've built, you're very clever, because you've built an elaborate sort of, it's almost like the sewage system of tunnels and stuff to keep yourself alive in these sort of disparate pieces. You know, it's like tectonic plates that have shifted and you have to put them back together. And it's a really artificial exercise being fragmented because you know you have to keep pretending horrible people into existence I certainly spent a lot of time trying to quote unquote make a family and then you kind of have to give up and say well really that you know once you see it all your whole system is like you know you can't unsee it you can't once you're glued back together, all these different rooms are opened up and the bats come out and you know, it's just you see what happened and the feelings and that. It's really a 
a fine craft of literally being bowled over by a fucking bulldozer, you know, a fine wedgewood piece of china, and then, you know, putting all the pieces back together. Now, again, I didn't do this on my own. I had no clue. I had, you know, were it not for both the exercise of meditation and then, you know, the basically the Navy SEALs of the ayahuasca, I'd, you know, I'd still be in some other horrible situation trying to make it sense of another horrible situation. So I, you know, I don't claim any, all I can um, take credit for is the desire to heal, the desire to be okay the knowledge that something was wrong and that I had to figure out what it was. I think the only thing that you can bring to any of this if you've been severely traumatized and refused is your willingness, your intention, and your desire to heal at all costs. And that might mean going down to the jungle, even though you're terrified and doing the ayahuasca, which I was. I had to research it for two years. I was terrified. I, I, my son was like, you can't go. I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was, you know, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Until I finally won. Um, the willingness to, like, come back, sit on the cushion, and day after day after day after day you know, turn into animals, like be on horses and, you know, these Indians, it's just like, what? Not calling up a psych ward, right? Because it's just the medicine doing its thing as you come back. Pulling yourself away from the world, from all its 10,000 distractions. And really depending on you, right? You know, no one can do this work for you. There's no self-help group or you have to march into this and find courage. And I mean, I had no courage before any of this. I was just a total wimp, really. But I had to find the courage within me to keep facing every tumultuous day of returning home. And even surrendering to the ayahuasca, to this other dimension in which all sorts of things can happen. I mean, all sorts of things. You know, some people have gone off and done other medicines and been taken over by other dark energies and blah, blah, blah. You have to stick to the course. You cannot play, you know, Beethoven's Fifth if you've practiced one day. It's the relentless anything in life. If you want to get to it, if you want to do anything well, you have to keep doing it. Come rain, shine, you know, Netflix, whatever. You have to keep marching forward. You have to keep practicing the discipline. You have to keep wanting the objective. If today I want to heal and tomorrow I don't want to heal, it's not, you know, it it wins. I I, I lose. And these energies are very, very powerful. The energies of refusal, of resistance, they are beyond powerful. To tear them down, the ayahuasca herself, which is consciousness, is fighting with you. You will fight with you. Some days you might give up, but you'll carry on. And as you search forward, and as you believe, and as you trust, and the resistance begins to fall away. It doesn't go away completely. Mine certainly hasn't. It's still trying to hold on. But now I, you know, fully see it. It's just, I get what it is. I know exactly what it is. 
I've had many versions of it. Is it an evil monster? Is it what this? I mean, when it first started showing up through my mouth, through my body, I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm possessed. No, I'm not. I'm possessed by me. I built a powerful, not me, let's be a little bit presumptuous, but whatever I, this thing that was built was built as resistance to the truth. It saved me. And it created a vault, a burial ground. I would never leave it. So if you want to become whole, and somebody said to me, why would you want to do that? Why? Because <clears throat> I don't want to live in prison. I don't want to live um, fueled by forces that I have no idea. I don't want to be doing another day of falsehood, another second of falsehood. Otherwise, you're paralyzed. You're trapped. You're doing nothing. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, dead. Bye. And then come back and do it all over again because you're still trapped by these energies. No. <clears throat> and of course, you know, you know, from a selfish point of view, no, I, I don't want to return and continue to somehow have to deal with this. And perhaps there's no return. I don't know, but I just want it out. I don't want to live. And also I want to know. I'm curious. I want to know. You can't live in a house that you've been evicted from. You can't make a decision if you have no idea that, you know, you're half of you is buried and you have no idea what it is. You don't know what is going on. I mean, it's partially selfish, but it's partially, fuck you, I want to know. I don't want to live not knowing. And I didn't know. And again, it took a, you know, I got pushed off a cliff by the universe when it, my divorce, etc. It was horrific. It was so awful. It was like, what the fuck? How did I get into all of that, right? I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, when you're fragmented, you're just making decisions from terror. There's no decision there. It's not decisions. And, you know, you think, oh, this person will save me, or that person, or this situation, or that job. And it's all horrific dependencies. I didn't want any of that. I don't want any of that either around me or be part of it. Ugh, no. Ugh, 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 ugh. So you're, you're giving your soul away to these people? Ugh, even worse, right? Which is what you're doing because you're lost and you're looking for someone to give you shelter. No one can give you shelter. No one, no one, no one, no one. No one. You we need to find the truth of ourselves. And we've got to want it. Like, really want it. Want it so much that we're willing to face everything and anything. I don't give a shit, as I said, what the fuck shows up. I don't give a shit if and pretty awful things have shown up. I'm telling you, you do not want to be in front of these demons. All right, so I didn't know that you was this is demonic thing was around me, or there were snakes and I mean, you know, hooded demons and it's all the same thing. It's all the evil that was done early on. It's all the manifestation of the same terror of an adult and a child. And, you know, people have things that have happened to them that come from other lifetimes and, you know, so everybody's different. Everybody's absolutely unique. I am only riffing on this because it's so powerful, an experience of being put back together. Not through drugs, not through medication, not through just sheer will sheer will 
and it is a testament to all our power. It's not mine. I'm just another piece of energy. It doesn't matter, right? We all, I mean, people have done, I think of that woman that got stuck on some, some icy Himalayan something or other and broke her leg and she cut her leg off and she walked for, I don't know, it's just insane. The things that can happen from sheer will, sheer, undiluted, uncompromising fucking will is huge. If you truly want something, you will get it. You've got to want it like there's nothing else on earth. And you can't invent that, and I can't even tell you what that's like. It's just, if you mine deep into your desire, you've got to want it for you. No one can give it to you. You know, how did Bezos create Amazon? Sheer fucking will. You don't know what's on the other side of anything. You don't know. I don't know what's on the other side. No idea as I stepped into this, what was on the other side of this, or where it's even going, or where I end up. I have no idea. It was sheer will to heal. I didn't know what was wrong, but it was like, there is something terribly wrong here, and I need to figure out how the fuck or what the fuck happened or why it's like this. this this isn't real I can't have done everything right and be sitting here in the wreckage of a marriage and you know loss of everything and and it's honestly very another part of the challenge you've got to see who you were what you did how you yourself created the, some of the conditions because of the trauma. How you yourself set yourself up in these minefields to be blown up again and again and again. I mean, I didn't know what it was, but I can understand and take responsibility for it now. But the most important thing is to get to the Holy Grail, the kernel, the moment that breaker switch was pushed down. The minute your life ended, it ended for me when I was about, the first time I got abused, it must have been about four. My body just went, this is over, I'm done here. I'm not, I'm separating out, I'm not, I can't be in all of this. So, you know, you have to see the whole story. You will be asked to tear down and die basically this thing to tear down this thing that's resisting all of it I don't mean you die I mean this whole thing it's you know you've got to want it like you want nothing else in your life it you know um, it becomes the priority even though everybody else is you know, we're always being pushed into what everybody else is doing in their Instagram life, you know. Oh, they're doing this, and I'm not doing that. I'm doing this over here, right? It has to mean so much to you that you're willing to commit to it. That's it. I think it's like anything in life. I don't think it's that complicated. You know, you people have done incredible things, incredible things because of the sheer will of conviction and desire and self-love. For me, it was like, no, you know, I'm not putting up with this shit. I want to know. And it's like anything. There are setbacks, you know, you go back, you forward, you go back, whatever. You misunderstand the timing. That's a classic, you know, first day in ayahuasca or first ceremonies. Oh, I'm fixed. <laughs> I had a huge exorcism. Oh, I'm fixed. No, that was massive, but we're just at the beginning of this journey, right? And <clears throat> to get 
to go back to that Zen notion of the empty mirror, you know, it's all, you know, perhaps, I don't know, but once these big traumas are removed, these big stains, these big blemishes on our energetic field, perhaps <clears throat> it can all disappear and we do get to the empty mirror, I don't know. Um, but I feel blessed that I started off with meditation because it gave me the, <clears throat> the ability to sit and sit. It gave me the ability to begin to anchor, to anchor. And actually what was interesting is that when I after those 13 years of meditation, or 12, whatever it was, and I had that huge vault, or those vaults of powerful, energetic shifting. Well, it's interesting, they were circular, and I thought I was dying, and they were going around my house. But usually the Kundalini, the whole energy comes out through your head, and I, I, it didn't come up through my head. And I think, Ms. Robbie, it was because that was where the... Um, the memory was being stored that was blocked, that was blocking my energetic field from kind of a full cleansing, so to speak. So we are real. <laughs> Horrible things do happen in real time in this consciousness. They affect what we do we sever, we fragment, we disassociate. Our magnificent piece of fine bone china is crushed by the horror of other people and their own poison. And we, even though we can be literally pummeled into the ground so that our little Wedgwood teacup becomes almost like sand, it's so badly severed and, and broken that we can actually, through sheer force of will and desire, um, be put back together. Humpty Dumpty can be put back together again. But to do that, you have to go into realms, which thank God, because of the internet and access, etc., are now available to us and the ability to fly to Peru and to the Amazon. We can connect to other forms of consciousness that can get us into that realm and heal us in that realm. And that is miraculous. That we can rewind and put ourselves back together is miraculous. And you're, you know, when you get back to the truth, if you've been severed, when you uncover, you know, that dragon's den, when that huge ship is dredged up from the bottom of the ocean, that huge piece of you that you had drowned and I in all of the images I've had growing up I was literally at the bottom of the ocean drowned that moment I switched off right but we can actually switch ourselves back on by putting ourselves back together again and when you discover that piece of you that was shoved into the dark that you've severed from, that meant that they are no longer the loving parents, but the evil that did this to you. Yes, you will release a lot of rage and a lot of anger and a lot of disappointment, but you will have reconnected with your little girl. So she was abandoned, or little boy. Whatever happened meant that they were abandoned. You abandoned that piece of you. 
that little girl, that little boy had to agree in that moment to these people and in so doing died. That piece of you died. But like that great story of the octopus of the guy who would watch these octopuses under the ocean, the octopus had its hand severed and the hand grew back, or hand its tentacles. So in the same way that if you reconnect to your little boy or little girl, you can bring them back to life by reconnecting to them, by making yourself whole. And yes, you're going to be angry at the people that did the horror to you. There's no doubt about that. And so you should be. Be would if you weren't. But at some point, that doesn't matter as much as taking back your little child, seeing what happened. It's like you re-annex a piece of you that was taken away and that was blinded by so doing. Because the minute you agreed to them is the minute you lost your soul. You lost your soul. You submitted to evil. You agreed to become a falsehood, to cover them up. It was a cover-up. I was a cover-up for them. Which is why it was so difficult in these ceremonies to see what had happened. I had to convince my little girl to just give me a hint. She did not want to betray them. Because now you're kind of in collusion with them. You have no choice. This is not a shade thing. It's just you have to. So the recoveries of your whole story is a recovery of you connected back to your soul. Remember, you, you took the breaker switch off when the event happened. You disappeared. I was actually in a cave, curdled up in a fetal position. They no longer can own you. They lose all their power once you fully get in and see it all. So why? Why does all this happen? I have no idea. One of the learnings is that we have no idea how this mystery works. It's extraordinarily powerful. The fact that we have access to plants that get us into other dimensions where we can heal and return is beyond belief. It's almost, and it's always like at the end of a, I mean, I'll continue to, to work on this for eternity, but when you actually get all back together, it's just, just a disappointment, really. Like, ugh, really? Is that, you know? But now, if you're connected to the plants, you're now fully connected, which is amazing. Right? And I totally trust that whatever's going to happen next and then next and next, um, you know, will be the outgrowth of being reconnected. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that is. I've never had the experience of being fully connected, fully put back together. I, it's only just now beginning all to gel, right? So, and it's okay not to know. I don't, it doesn't really matter. The most important thing is to heal. What happens next? You know, whether you flip a Big Mac or a Wendy's, it doesn't really matter. The thing is to be whole. So, you know, let the journey take you, but commit. That's all. The only weapon I've had, the only thing I've had in all of this is a commitment. That's all you need to do anything in life, is a commitment to something. And in this, inst in this instance, it was a commitment to know what happened. I don't care where it took me how it took me. 
Perhaps I've had two, my two most powerful commitments are to my son, who is, you know, the most important thing, and myself, which is also the most important thing. You know, when you commit to something, it shows. It's attention, right? Wherever your attention goes, there goes you, right? It's your willingness. It's, you have to take your power back. If I say, oh, a doctor is going to help me, or a friend, or a group, it's not, yes, but it's not, right? You have to, what's one of the things about trauma is that it takes away your power because suddenly, you know, you've authorized your power, in my instance, definitely to evil, to darkness. They took my power. They owned my power. I lived in conjunction with them inside their little rat hole. They owned me. The minute I, I gave up my soul, they owned me. So I had given away my power. And all of this is about getting back your power. So you don't authorize your life to anyone, to absolutely anyone. It's not doesn't mean I don't have a great life. I, you know, I do. I have, you know, good friends, etc. But I don't depend on them for any of this. It's not their responsibility. I wouldn't want to authorize my power to anyone. You need to if you commit, there's power in that, that conviction, that willingness to go wherever you need to go to get yourself back. And yes, you will go down dead ends. I mean, I remember in, you know, in the desire for this to be over or like, okay, let's just fix this, you know, I... <clears throat> My brain went like to like, oh, I want to do Bufo alvarius, which is this, you know, frog poison, which is, you know, takes you into the upper realms. And I listened to all these videos about this guy that said, you know, if you go there, it like, cleans out all your energies and it does it in a you know, minute. And I'm like, wow, well, I've got all these energies. I've been doing this for a long time. Let me, you know, I want to get this thing done, you know, like, like you're not on the AOS's time. And, you know, I found the person that did it and 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 I was just like, I'm going to go and get this thing done. And, and when I got there, I was like, my whole body was like, no. I mean, first of all, it was a big thing to do. But it was like, no. <clears throat> Your commitment is to the ayahuasca and to that healing. So you have to be careful about your own ego, too, because it will you know, try to get into all sorts of different pickles. But you must listen to your whole being. And my being was like, no. I'm here, it took me four hours to get here. I'm like, oh my God, it's gonna happen tonight. The ceremony is like, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. My whole body was in a state of no. And that's one of the things about you know when you're ready. Like when I was in the jungle, it was like, this is the right thing to do. It, my whole body was just like, I'm terrified. I'm going to die, but I'm meant to be here. So, you know, find the conviction. Find your center. Find your conviction. And it may not be like anyone else's, you know. People are, you know, desiring to be great pianists, great gymnasts, do another Amazon, own the world, whatever their conquest. Just follow yours. Just stick to yours. Even though it has nothing to do with anyone, has no, it has no, you know, 
very quantifiable outcome, you know, like, oh, I don't get a zillion dollars at the end of this. No. I don't get anything that anybody needs. It doesn't make me anything for anyone. It just makes me whole. That's it. I just get healed. Wow. Wow. That's all I ever wanted is to be home. Right? So whatever your conviction is, just trust it. Even if it's not fully fledged, just to commit to something. Commit to something that means something to you. And if you're in trauma, commit to your healing. Commit, commit, commit. Even if you don't know where it's going to take you, what's, I have no idea. What's going to happen? No idea. Right? Just started as a, as a foray into a five-minute meditation practice from a book. Oh, look, meditation. Oh, that sounds interesting. From a small, from a book to, you know, full-on ayahuasca ceremonies with demons and whatever, and, you know, whatever, energies which I've never, I mean, insane. So you don't know where your journey is going to take you, but commit. If you really want the healing, the healing will happen. All right. Bye.